Welcome to the Postcard Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Mikatel. The previous episode nearly broke my brain due to the mathematics involved in calculating how to stay in Europe forever without a visa. Today, we are returning to my favorite travel topics, food, history, and meeting random people. I'm continuing my conversation with Lanny Sue, an American living in Europe visa-free, following the 90-180-day Schengen rule we talked about in the last episode. Lanny saw on Instagram that I was in Ljubljana, and so she wrote to me saying she was arriving from Lake Bled and did I want to hang out? And I said, sure, let's meet up. So in this episode, we will jump back into my conversation with Lanny, in which we will be talking about all the foods you have to try in Slovenia, more about his history, and the best day trips from Ljubljana. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. When I was traveling through the Balkans last year, I asked for book recommendations. And at the top of the list was Samantha Powers' Pulitzer winning A Problem from Hell. I love learning about the history of a place when I'm there, but I really wish I had picked up this book before I'd gone to Bosnia. Like in Germany, the war-torn history is a big part of tourism, and I just felt so dumb at my ignorance of the Siege of Sarajevo and the Bosnian War before I arrived. So I'm reading A Problem from Hell before my next trip. Are you interested in this audiobook? Maybe something else? If you're new to Audible, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash postcard. That's audibletrial.com slash postcard. Now let's jump back into my conversation with Lanny. Let's see. I'm trying to decide whether I have any other Schengen-related questions for you. It's Uh, so complicated. And so what brought you to Slovenia, which is a Schengen country? Honestly, I love Instagram so much, (laughs) and I have been lusting over Lake Bled and the island on the lake for so long. Um, I've been waiting for it to be summer and it coinciding with one of my uh, class modules so that I could just take the train from Vienna to Lake Bled. And so I really wanted to go to Lake Bled specifically just to photograph it. Um, And also there's a lot of hiking trails around the town and the lake, which have amazing views. And I love going hiking. So really, that was it. Just photography and hiking. You know, it's I don't know if this is sad or what, but I also came to Slovenia pretty much because of Instagram. <laughs> and I was having this conversation with my friend Crystal the other day where, like, we're kind of over social media. We don't really, you know, we're not that into it. We just want to be living our lives. But then at the same time, it's introduced us to some cool new places and some cool yes. new people. Like, yes. I met you through Instagram and we just happened to see that we were in the same place at the same time. Um, and we got to hang out together today, which was really fun. We went to the Open Kitchen, uh, which is here in Ljubljana every Friday in this town square. Um, a bunch of restaurants have food stalls. There's music. And uh, God, my falafel was so tasty. And I think we're going back for seconds soon. Yeah, I hope so. I had a really tasty tortellini and an order of sardines, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, so here in Slovenia, it, the um, the country is shaped like a 
chicken and there's three different regions and they have sort of three different regional cuisines as well and people listening to this podcast can go back and listen to the slovenia episode i did with noah charney who wrote a book about um traveling in slovenia but um yeah, I've been just enjoying being here. And I learned that they have these three different food regions. And so they have a little bit of coast. You know, Croatia has most of the coast over here. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the other countries are jealous, rightly so. But they do have a small coastline. So that's where, you know, people are eating more of the sardines and things like that, the fresh fish. And then other areas are influenced more by the... Alps, so you've got more like stick to your ribs type food and uh, your sausages. Yes, yes, and uh, and then the more central area is sort of like a blend. But the Habsburg Empire occupied this land for uh, like six hundred years, and so you can see that in the different food, in the architecture, and so. I was told that, you know, most of the food that you're going to eat around in Slovenia is more influenced by some other, you know, empire. So whether it's Italian or Austrian, you can get some tasty food and the desserts are also quite delicious. Well, and that's what Bled is known for, for their cream cake um, dessert, which is kind of like a Boston cream pie, but on puff pastry instead. <laughs> it was really good. It felt very heavy after everything that I ate yesterday, but it was a must. Oh, I had some yesterday as well when I was up <laughs> at the Lake Bled Castle. So if you're at... If you're in Slovenia, so you actually stayed in Lake Bled. I just did a little little day trip. If you don't want to go through the hassle of navigating buses, you can take a tour and you can hit Lake Bled, like the little island with the church on it. And they Mm -hmm. have these boats that will, these guys who will row you out there. And this goes back 200 years. So apparently there were a bunch of farmers in the specific area and the queen needed that land or you know whoever was in charge decided we need that land and so they took it from the farmers but to compensate them they said okay you can have the exclusive rights to boat people around and back then it was just sort of um you know not people with very much money maybe pilgrims just you know people who needed to get from one side uh, of the lake to the other but now i think it's quite a good tourist industry so these guys Mm -hmm. have inherited the right to row people out there oh that's interesting yeah but i mean i went out there there's not a ton to do on the island it's quite tiny i didn't go on the island the whole five days that i was there (laughs) yeah i don't think that you missed that much and the best view actually is up from the castle and so from above yeah yeah and so we went up there Got to take some really nice photos. I wish I had more time to hike around. Uh, is that what you did? You hiked around the lake? Yeah. Um, so the the circumference of the lake is about four miles. And it's, it's nice to just walk around the lake because you can see the island um, from all different sides. And you can see the castle. But also they have a couple of viewpoints um, that you can hike up to. And I think it's maybe six or 700 meters up. I could be wrong. Uh, but I went up for a sunrise hike one morning and of course it was cloudy, but it was worth it. There was only five other people up there and ironically they were all American. So 
for whatever reason, there's six Americans waiting for a sunrise in Slovenia. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's quite common here uh, in the mornings. It can be quite foggy. And they said that especially in the wintertime, they said, you know, London is famous for fog, but really it's all here in Ljubljana. <laughs> but then later on in the day, you know, it clears up and it's been yeah. really quite brilliant. I've been slathering on uh, the sunscreen. Um, but what have your first impressions of Ljubljana been? It's it's a really adorable city, and I don't mean adorable in a condescending way. It's adorable in its architecture, and the old town is very quaint and very lovely. Um, there are a lot of bridges in town, which arguably is my favorite type of structure. Um, and it's just a it it's just a nice little old town area. Yeah, I've been mostly staying in the old town. It's just so quaint. I love it, and. Uh, it does look very fairy tale like uh, mm-hmm. as I said, it was occupied by the Habsburgs for hundreds of years. And in eighteen ninety five there was actually a major earthquake and most of the city was destroyed. And so what you see now mm-hmm. is architecture after that point. And so like the very colorful, you know, pastel buildings in that sort of Habsburg style. Well, and I think that's what makes it so amazing because for me, I love Art Nouveau architecture and within the old town, that's all there is. It's very ornate, it's very colorful, it's lovely. Yeah, and also Ljubljana was actually walled in during World War II. So first the Italians occupied them and then the Nazis. And there was like quite a resistance to them. Slovenia, you know, had a pretty strong partisan movement. And so the Italians barbed wired them in to the city. And then the Nazis came over and sort of took over that occupation. But because they were walled in and occupied, they weren't bombed. So that's why the... um, that's why the town is still in such great original condition. Original going back to 1895. Right, right. <laughs> Semi-original. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's such a cool, like, chill vibe. And as I was telling you, I'm staying near this, like, old tobacco factory um, that was from, like, the Yugoslav communist era. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's some bars and like a co-working space and things like that. So, yeah, there's lots to do. And also Slovenia is quite a small country. And I was thinking of going to Puran and spending the weekend there, which is this cute little coastal town, which everyone keeps telling me to go to. But um, you know, we're both kind of flying by the seat of our pants right now. <laughs> And, of, yeah. and most th- and that can be great, but it also, you know, the housing there, um, it's I just looked at booking dot com and it was ninety nine percent occupied. And wow. because I mean, I guess beach town and summer. Right. Yeah. Although it's not officially the high season yet. Yeah. But not yet. <laughs> because Slovenia is is so small, I realized I could actually get there in two hours. And so I'm just going to stay where I am. And just do a day trip there, I think. Oh, nice. And you decided this within the last two hours. <laughs> yeah, since I saw you, since we last spoke. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that um, I didn't realize this until I got here and I looked it up, but Slovenia is the third most forested country um, in the world. I think by percentage, not by actual uh, land area. 
And so everywhere you look, it's very lush and very green and just very, very beautiful. Yeah. And so you went to the lakes, you said, not just Lake Bled, but you went somewhere else. Yeah. So um, I think two days ago, I did a day trip um, to Lake Bohemi. I think that's how you pronounce it, which is in the Triglav National Park. And it's maybe only a 45 minute bus ride from Bled. And part of it, part of the national park is in the Julian Alps. So the Slovenian portion of the Alps. And it was just really, really pretty. Um, It was a glacial valley. So, you know, you have these stunning vistas. Um, There's beautiful waterfalls and seriously, the clearest water I've ever seen in a lake in my entire life. You could see the rocks at the bottom. You could see the fish in the in the lake. It was just beautiful, pristine water. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it really was. They do like their green space here. Um, yeah. You know, we were just talking about Lake Blood, which can get horrendously like touristy as far mm-hmm. as like the buses coming in and going on that boat ride to the yeah. island with the church on it. But it's also a place that locals go to a lot to not to go to that little church island, but just to chill out, go swimming. Lake Blood is actually the warmest lake in the of the Alpine lakes. And so... Oh. It's a good place to go in the summertime, although there are like really giant catfish in there. And so some people like won't go in there because it's just a little bit creepy. And in fact, I saw a mom like a duck and her babies were swimming with her. And I saw one of the babies on her back and I thought that's that's funny and adorable but then somebody said it's because the fish can try to like eat the baby ducks and I was like what kind of monster fish are these um (laughs) but uh, oh my gosh but yeah I would love to go back to Lake Bled and just you know go rowing or something yeah it was very relaxing there and I well part of the reason is because high season hasn't started yet so um when I was there it was I wouldn't say empty but it was not what you would expect for a tourist destination. Very relaxing. Another thing that is relaxing is having a glass of wine in this awesome weather along <laughs> the, like, there's a, a nice little canal running through the city. And you mentioned, like, the more than 30 stone bridges that are here. There's just so many little places where you can sit by the water and have a coffee, have a glass of wine. Slovenia is not the cheapest. It's not the most expensive European city, but we were both saying it's not like the bargain destination we were thinking. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think it's probably because it's increasing in popularity in recent years. And so prices have gone up. Um, Yeah. um, So increased tourism for sure. And then also whenever countries switch over to the euro um Mm. things get more expensive as well some locals were complaining to me and they definitely have a point i mean i remember the first time i went to italy they were still on the lira if you can believe it (laughs) and then i went back soon after and it had switched to the euro and i didn't realize that and i'm not one to really budget anything i just tend to spend money on you know food and experiences and not things. So I don't really think that much about it. But, you know, I have a general idea of how expensive a place is and what I have. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Uh, The money that I had just got cut in half. And um, yeah, people are still feeling that. 
That's how I feel in Scandinavia or Iceland. I'm just floored about how expensive everything is. Yeah, and like in Iceland, I don't understand their money at all, and you don't realize what you're spending until you get your credit card bill later and your eyes pop out of your head. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I got a bowl of soup and a banana for $15 in Iceland earlier this year, and I wanted to cry. Good grief. (laughs) grief. But... You have some lovely non-Schengen areas you can go to that are super cheap. Like Macedonia has just appeared on my radar. I hadn't planned on going there this summer because I have a few things on my list. But yeah, I'm so... uh, Skopje just sounds like a lovely place. And they are spending so much money in the capital city to try to attract tourists and things like that. And it sounds like a cool cafe culture type place to hang out Mm -hmm. in. So I've never been there, but um, one of my classmates is from there. So it's on my radar. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I want to go back to Bosnia. Um, I, I really loved it. So I think that should be on your list as well. If you're, I think Bosnia, on. yeah, it is on my radar too. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, thank you so much for having this little chat with me. And I no think problem. we should go back outside. And there's a few places that I want to take you to. And we, I think we have to try this dessert called, and I'm not going to say it right, Gibanica. And it's a layered cake that's got poppy seeds and Raisins, walnuts, cottage cheese, apples. They say it's like a very healthy cake. We'll see about that. If there is such a thing as a healthy cake. I mean, I think the apple strudel I had for breakfast was somewhat healthy. I think the Gibanica Gibanica is is healthy enough. Um, So let's go get some. Oh, but before we go, don't forget the sign that we saw earlier. Stressed is desserts spelled backwards. Yes. I think that means you should always have dessert. That's what I took from it. I think so, too. You know, I'm more of a savory person, but I have to say, the desserts here in Slovenia have been really good. I haven't had a bad meal. All the food has been really good. And, yeah, it has been really good. And I pointed out that place that had the dodoli, which is these melt-in-your-mouth dumplings. They're a little bit... They're like melt-in-your-mouth dumplings, but they're a little bit fried. And uh, mm-hmm. you can get it with a mushroom sauce, and it comes with this other like cream sort of more oniony sauce it was so tasty and then i got one of the local wines and that's another thing they produce like 80 million liters of wine in this country every every year but they don't export most of it they drink like 80 to 90 percent of it themselves (laughs) i'm not sure why i'm trying to ask like why don't i why aren't you guys exporting this wine (laughs) maybe they want to keep it for themselves it's their little secret yeah, they're enjoying it. They're enjoying it. And um, so, yeah, I went on a little food wine tasting the other day. And uh, yeah, so I found some some favorites. I feel like such a local right now. Well, you were giving me a fantastic tour of town earlier. We went up for a walk up to the castle. Mm-hmm. Had a nice view of the city. And then I pointed out the Empire State Building that they have. Not Empire State Building. Their little skyscraper, which I think is 12 stories tall um Mm -hmm. but at the time it was the tallest building at least in yugoslavia so yeah this this is a great place everyone should come to slovenia i agree it wasn't on most people's radars but it should be and uh i had put out a blog post a while back on on slovenia and ljubljana but um after this trip i have so many updates to make so i'm going to go back and do that 
Yeah, I need to write a blog post on this too because it's just been the most fantastic time here. Yes, okay. Well, we can do some writing and then go get some dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, well, I will see you soon. Thank you All so right. much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Where are you in the world? Want to hang out? Visit postcardacademy.co and tell me where you are. Okay, I am so excited about the next episode. I will be talking with Tony Mazzaglia, founder of The Taste of Florence, the best food tour in Tuscany. As one of the world's most popular travel destinations, Florence has a lot of tourist traps. Tony, an American who's lived in Florence for years, has made it her mission that you eat well when you're in Italy. So we will be sharing her top recommendations. So if you haven't subscribed to the Postcard Academy yet, please do so you don't miss it. And if you have subscribed, thank you and I love you. That's all for now. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful week wherever you are. Hey, let's continue the conversation. Head on over to my blog on Substack for more content on how to thrive through better communication, stoicism, and global exploration. That is right. Blogging is cool again over on the Substack platform. There you can chat with me in the comments, and I have plenty of bonuses for paid subscribers, or you can just read for free. So click the link in the episode notes to access the Substack Live Without Borders.